Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Stephanie Meisen, a registered dietitian who has found joy in combining culinary and sports nutrition into working for Team USA. I found Stephanie on Instagram with a photo that really caught my eye in one of her favorite cities, which is Colorado Springs, which is also my favorite city. Then I started to look more at her feed and it is filled with amazing food photos, easy nutrition information for fueling your body, and videos with culinary tips from her kitchen. After making one of her recipes that was dates and almond butter that she had posted, I noticed she was in Korea for the Olympics with Team USA. Stephanie has had some amazing experiences so far in culinary and sports nutrition, including traveling abroad a few times to share her expertise. I know you will enjoy learning about her journey so far, so please enjoy my conversation with Stephanie. I really do appreciate you taking time out of an evening. I know Mondays can be a little crazy. I know today mine was, but I'm glad that we could connect because I'm so excited to talk to you about, obviously, I girl crush on you on Instagram, but I kind of <laughs> want to get to know you a little bit more, your background, kind of where you got started as where you got interested in being a dietitian. For sure. Um, so yeah, take me back to, did you have like a moment but in school or was it at home? What kind of got you interested in the field? Well, I grew up playing sports, mainly soccer. Um, so I kind of came from that sports background and understanding how food is fuel. And then this is, sounds like so ridiculous, but I, <laughs> I uh, saw the movie Ratatouille when it came out. And it was not long before it was time for me to start applying to colleges. And I was like, oh my God, that is what I want to do. Like, I want to cook. Um, I don't know, just something about that movie was so inspirational. <laughs> oh my God. You know, that's so funny. I've heard other like kids even just say that's like a movie that wants to get them in the kitchen. Yes. I, yeah. I, I don't know. So Sometimes like I just can't explain it. It just felt right at the time, I suppose. So did you have dietetics on your radar or was it just mostly just cooking? Like I want to, sh- I want to be a chef or I want to just cook in the kitchen or. It was mostly just like, I wanted to cook and I feel like I had a faint idea of like, okay, maybe I'll open a restaurant or something, but there was definitely like the nutrition thing in my head. So I was looking at schools and I'm from New Jersey. So I was looking at schools, like kind of mostly in that Northeast area and Johnson and Wales university in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, they have a couple of different locations across the country, but I was looking at that school and they had a culinary nutrition program, which to my knowledge is one of the only, if not the only ones in the country, which I think is so crazy because it seems like such a natural pairing. So I actually only applied to that one school. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> that's brave. Yeah. I just knew that that, like, that's where I wanted to go. And, um, like I wanted to cook and I just loved food and like kind of the health and fuel aspect of it. So I went there and then I played on the soccer team there for two years, actually. Oh, wow. Um, which was a great experience. But after two years, I decided like, okay, I'm 
probably not going to be professional or anything <laughs> for sure. Um, and I also started working in restaurants in a restaurant in the city there, focusing on like kind of high end local food. And I just wanted to kind of hone that craft some more. So I shifted my focus more towards like the cooking aspect for sure in terms or from soccer and playing sports as I did when I grew up. And, um, I learned so much at that little restaurant is called local 121. I don't think it's open anymore, but it was, it was such an amazing place. Um, and working with like the farmers and just seeing the passion of my chef and my coworkers, uh, was amazing and really taught me a lot. And I pull on those skills almost every day in what I do, which is pretty crazy. I never thought that would happen, but pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, so, so the, you do a culinary program for two years. You get your associates in culinary arts there, and then you can kind of decide where you want to go from there. I applied for the culinary nutrition program, which is another two years to get your bachelor's degree. Um, that was definitely pretty challenging, but great opportunity, great experience. And then from there, I really knew that I wanted to do sports nutrition. But there's not a lot of programs in the country that do sports nutrition for a dietetic internship. Um, but I applied to I applied to several for that. Oh, actually, before this, <laughs> for my um, one of my internships at Johnson & Wales, I went to Athletes Performance or Exos. Now it's called um, okay. Phoenix, and I was there for three months during the winter time when they had a lot of the college football combine athletes come to train. And um, I was an intern in the kitchen there. And that was just really cool exposure to like a whole nother side of things in terms of uh, fueling athletes and giving them what they need to succeed. So that was pretty influential as well. And Phoenix was awesome. <laughs> oh, sure. Is that where it's, is that the only location of, of this Exos? Cause I've seen, I guess I've seen other, advertisements for jobs so are they in other states or just in phoenix they are yeah they have a couple different locations as far as i know um there's a dietitian on instagram who i really like her name's danny um she's in north dakota and one of their exoses i think um but yeah the, the main one and i believe the headquarters is in phoenix that's awesome yeah. that's a fun part of the, your internship yes oh my goodness and I just love the desert. I don't know why. I think it's because it's like totally different from New Jersey. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different from yes. New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. I really like doing like different things, like totally new experiences. So that was a really great one. Um, it sounds like you're not scared to go anywhere to get an experience. No, I am not. And I will come to that in just a moment. <laughs> so, okay, great. <laughs> um... Yeah. So while I was in Phoenix, actually, that's when I was applying to dietetic internships. And I remember specifically the Ohio State one. It was new that year. It was a combined master's dietetic internship, which was exactly what I wanted. Um, and that one only had two spots, though. Two? Two spots. Yeah. And like, that's yeah. so small. Yeah, like, it was a joke. <laughs> um, but I applied and I actually got into it. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's awesome. Right? Um, I was like, are you sure you want me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the two. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. So, um, yeah, I started that the following, or I guess the coming, 
Yeah, the coming fall after that. Yes. Yep. So I graduated from Johnson Wales, got ready, and then went to Ohio. And I think the biggest thing that got me there was my food service experience. And I was honestly kind of worried about that because I didn't have like, yeah, I, I have to take certain classes and have a certain curriculum to like even be able to do a dietetic internship, of course, but it wasn't the traditional route. And I felt like that wouldn't be as valued to a lot of dietitians out there. So I was kind of nervous about that. But I guess in this case, and I've noticed from several cases on, um, having that culinary background and, you know, understanding food and food service and how to really make food taste good, but also be good for you was highly valued by um, some of those awesome dietitians at Ohio State that had me come work with them and shadow them. So that was, that was really cool and really surprising. Um, Talk to me maybe about, you mentioned about your experience working in a restaurant. And I think maybe, I don't know, maybe you can speak to this because I think a lot of dietitians might think, hey, you know, I'm going to be a dietitian. I don't need to go work in a restaurant. I don't really want to go into that culinary experience or I don't want to go into that aspect. Why do you think a dietitian should maybe consider working in a restaurant setting for a while? Yes. So I totally, totally understand where those people are coming from because part of me feels like that as well. Um, But it is so important for several reasons. Um, Reason number one, if you've never worked in customer service or like specifically in a restaurant, you will never understand what it is to like go to a restaurant and then really appreciate what those people are doing. <laughs> That's kind of true. <laughs> magic happen. Um, you absolutely, of course, learn the food service side of things. And even if it's not like a health restaurant or whatever, like you gain some understanding, of course, to like what it takes to make food and order food and make sure food is being properly stored and all the temperature taking all these things you don't like think of um, when we're just telling people to eat or any of that, because I feel like in traditional like dietetics or just like how people come up as students in dietetics, you don't get a ton of that, at least until your internship Mm -hmm. where you get maybe a little bit of that, but getting an understanding of what it takes to feed people and run an operation. And that's like, really like how you're practically applying nutrition in many different aspects, depending on your job is so valuable. Um, you, if you're cooking in a restaurant, it gives you skills to learn how to cook, how to make, how to make food taste good, um, how to work on your timing and your knife skills and techniques and so many things where that's just like the missing piece that I've seen for some dietitians sometimes because um, you can talk about food all day, but if you don't know how to make it taste good, then you should probably learn how to make it taste good. <laughs> that is so, I agree with you because you're right. We can take pretty pictures and we can do things, but if it doesn't taste good, it's not, it's not food really. <laughs> exactly. And it just like, it's nobody's fault that like they weren't taught that, but you just have to go out and seek that knowledge because if you don't have that as a dietitian, it will make you a better one. Absolutely. And you, it sounds like that's what you did. Like you made it a point to, you wanted the culinary experience, but you also knew that it was important to your education. Yeah. Like I knew I wanted to, well, so (laughs) I started in restaurants, um, kind of wanting to open my own. That was kind of the idea. Or actually it's funny because at the restaurant in Rhode Island, I worked at for, I think it was like three years or so, a little over three years throughout my 
um, undergrad experience, which is also something I highly recommend to any undergrads out there. Work during college if you can. I, I probably learned more working at the restaurant than I did paying for school. <laughs> <laughs> Real life experiences yes. are always more beneficial. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I forget where I was going. You were talking about more about just the experience of you worked at the restaurant for three years and then, you know, you wanted that experience during school, but you kind of made it a point to have it be part of your education. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, oh, well I, I, I remember. Can... Okay. So <laughs> I, um, it was funny. I turned into like the ice cream girl there. Like I was in charge of making the ice cream from scratch and um, I would follow the recipe or memorize the recipe from Jenny's, who's based out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, and that was awesome. That was so fun making ice cream. And I was like, I'm going to open an like, ice cream shop. It's going to be great. And I was like, but we love nutrition. <laughs> um, you're torn. You're pulled. Yes. So eventually I kind of, I, I, I realized that like nutrition really is where I wanted to go. Um, so I left the restaurant world but um do you still have a dream of owning your own restaurant in some way or capacity in the future you know i am not sure and like this might, this might be like a little bit offensive i don't mean to be offensive to anybody but i feel like in my experience working in several restaurants either like if you own if you own the restaurant like you're crazy because either like you had to be crazy to do that in the first place or owning the restaurant made you crazy or both. <laughs> I would agree with you because I have a friend, her husband um, owns and runs a restaurant and he's never home. Yeah. He's always going crazy. He's always trying to put out fires. It's a lot. It's a huge undertaking. Yeah. And like, it, I mean, it's amazing, but it also kind of turns into your life. Mm -hmm. Um. So I would love to have many friends who own restaurants. That's that's there my new go. goal. <laughs> <laughs> then you can just visit them and leave and not stress out about exactly. it when you go home. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing, you did your internship at Ohio State. How long is the internship there? Um, it was a two-year program. So, okay, yeah. And your master's. Yes, and the master's degree thing. Um, and because we were sports nutrition interns, I had a ton of experience, mainly with um, the football team there, which was great and a whole different world. Um, and another really influential experience that I feel like I pull on frequently. And um, what I do, I don't see how you couldn't, because that's a that's a huge football program. So, yeah. is there is there dietitians that actually just work with the football team there, or did was it just kind of a free for all? Like anybody was working with the team. Yeah, so there's a team of three dietitians, um, Sarah Wick, Nicole Johntoni, and Sean McNichol. And Sean was, he still is the football dietitian um, for, yeah, just the football team. And he was kind of new, him and Nicole were kind of new when um, I started there as an intern. But Sarah Wick has been there for like very long time, like many years. So they knew what they were doing, but it was also like a learning experience for them too. Um, anyway, Sean, yeah, Sean was just dedicated to football and a lot of it comes down to food service and just getting them fed. Like they need so many calories, <laughs> like you just got to feed them. And it was all pretty much kind of catered stuff. 
So seeing the food service kind of side of that and using some of my past knowledge there um, and just like kind of understanding it for what it was in a way, I felt like was was pretty cool having that food service experience right before that. Because I think a lot of I think you made a good point. Like I think a lot of dietitians might think, oh, I'm going to be a sports dietitian and it's going to be great. I'm going to counsel, you know, the football players. But you're right. I think what do you think? Like 80 percent is food service, like getting them fed and feeding them. Yeah, I mean, probably. (laughs) Yeah, no, I would think so, because if you can't counsel them, if you're not giving them food, so you have to have to do that first and then you can maybe work with the individuals if needed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like food has to come first. So yeah, it's it's pretty incredible from what I have seen, like in sports dietetics, um, how much time is just devoted to getting the food on the table, literally. And so as a dietitian intern and as a dietitian at a at a college, were you part of like the choosing the types of foods to give to give them the nutrition like here's a 4,000 calorie meal or here's like snacks for you. How does that work in a college setting? Um, Well, for this, yeah, for this setting, at least it was, yeah, we did end up the other intern and I, um, we did end up like writing some of the menus as we started to understand what they needed, what the dietitian was looking for, what they liked. So that was um, part of it for sure. They always had lots of different snacks available to them from like nuts and peanut butter and bread and gummies and bars, all that kind of stuff. Um, So stocking items is a huge part of sports (laughs) dietetics that I feel like you would never think about. But I've seen that time and time again. Just literally restocking is such a big thing. Huh. See, no one would ever dream that was part of their role. No. And like, it's it's obviously not the most glamorous thing, but like, that's what gets the job done. And it's necessary and it's fine. And they're appreciative. So. Is it intimidating working with college athletes, especially like big Husky football players that, you know, are 10 feet taller than you? And Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely can be. But then you you just get used to it. Sure. Yeah. And they get used to you, I'm sure. They're like, oh, it's a dietitian and she's getting me some food. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You just have to make friends with food always. Did you have to go to a sporting event like the games and did you have to be there for practices? How does that work as an intern? So we, so it was our, when I was there, it was the first year of the program. So it was kind of in its infancy in terms of like, having everything laid out like exactly, you know, how it should be, what is like the most, what is like optimal in terms of like experiences and everything. Mm So I'm not sure how they're doing it now, but at least when I was there, um, we, the other intern and I each took a turn doing like one or two games. So we went to the game at the football stadium and we helped them set up the things in the locker room. And um, we were on the sideline kind of supporting them. Um, But there wasn't a ton of stuff that we did at the practices. They had like tons of water, tons of Gatorade, all that kind of stuff. But we, I didn't do like a lot of like on the field uh, support for them really. Gotcha. Yeah. For other teams, like for wrestling, for example, 
we ended up doing smoothies after their practices a lot of times. Um, and that was great. Wrestlers are an amazing group of athletes to work with because all athletes are hardworking, but wrestlers are seriously something else. Um, and they were just super appreciative. Always feels good, of course. Yeah. Tell me, why was, are they just a different type of athlete? Like just how are they more focused on nutrition? Well, obviously, if they're focused on weight. Yes. And- yeah. So that's a big thing. Um, and I think it's just the culture of the sports. And it's funny as you start to work with different sports, like there's totally different food cultures that go along with them. Uh, in a kind of stereotypical way, sometimes it's like, you know, these athletes and what they eat without even knowing them at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So because it's a weight class sport, they're definitely aware. And like the higher up they get, the more elite they get, like the more aware and like the better understanding they have of themselves and their body and how they need to choose their nutrition carefully to make their weight and really, you know, achieve their ideal body composition and everything. Um but yeah, they just go so hard in practice. Like they come out of the room and you're like, are you okay? Are you dying? Because <laughs> <laughs> their sweat, they're just so, they've worked out so hard yes, during they, that yes. time. They're some of the hardest working athletes I think I've encountered. Did you have a favorite sport that you like to work with? I mean, I, I know you mentioned just wrestling, but was there one that stuck out to you the most? During my time at Ohio State? Yeah. Um, I would say... Probably wrestling. Um, wrestling. Yeah. Did, so I did a couple of cooking classes for some of the teams um, while I was there. And the women's lacrosse team was super fun because I think we did like two different sessions with them. And they came back for another session because they wanted to do like a challenge kind of against each other. So they like dressed up and had these themes and they did it like chop style and they plated it and they were just really, really fun. That's, that sounds fun. Yeah. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Cool. So um, anything else about like your internship that really sticks out for maybe someone that's going well, and like you said, it's sports nutrition. There isn't a lot of opportunity that way in, in internships, but Anything that you want to share for individuals that are seeking that out? Um, for sports nutrition in particular? Yeah. Yes. So I feel like it's a relatively small uh, area in dietetics. Um, so there's not a lot of positions. But it's seriously growing um, as more and more people understand the importance of nutrition and fueling your body correctly. So I think... And especially as dietitians, we're like so a lot of people are like type A, you know, like you you have to like do yes. the best and get it done. And then when you go to like sports nutrition, it's like a whole nother level of competitiveness. Um, and you have a good amount of people vying for only a couple of spots. So it can be kind of frustrating when you're trying to make it into the field because it doesn't feel like there's a lot of positions or you spend a lot of time being an intern or you know, doing things that you didn't think you would be doing um, just to get to where you're going. Um, but it's totally worth it, worth it. And you, I mean, you have to put in the work and it may seem silly or tedious or whatever, but it's a great learning experience and keep going because those are skills that you don't even realize you're gaining and you will use in the future. 
And when you talk about the Exos experience, I know that you said that was a really great component to internship and do some work. What kind of athletes did you work with at that facility? I'm guessing more like focused, trained, like athletes that are really hardcore about their sport. Yeah. So I was there doing the, it was a three month winter internship. And we had a bunch of combine athletes come. So the combine for anybody who doesn't know is when college football players go to this like big tryout essentially, and they have to show all these different skills like running and weightlifting. Um, And then those skills are judged by the NFL teams who use that. And then obviously their past playing experience um, to decide who they want to draft. So um, I guess every year or however many years has been happening, I don't know, but a bunch of combine athletes will go or these, these football athletes who want to be in the combine, um, they'll go and train there at Exos and they have like a full highly skilled team working with them to get them um, to their optimal kind of uh, position. Um, So when I was there, that was definitely like probably the biggest group that we worked with. There was other like baseball players and um, some international people and some tactical athletes and also some local people who wanted to pay for those services who were there. But um, definitely the, the young kind of football People were the were the uh, the main one, yeah. And do they have full time dietitians on staff? I'm assuming, yeah. yeah. So it was pretty cool. They had a dietitian, and the dietitian would make kind of like a a um what is that called? What is that called? Oh my god, like a meal plan with different. Oh my god, I'm totally blanking. Exchanges. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that's okay it's been a while it's okay <laughs> you're pulling back through all those cobwebs of things that happened like a long time ago yeah. so the dietitian would make um these kind of like skeleton meal plans with exchanges for certain food groups for certain meals and in the kitchen we would make a menu of like a handful of items each day and um the athletes would come in in the morning we would make them breakfast and then they could look at the menu, decide what they wanted for lunch, tell us about what time they would be coming. And then we would kind of like divide up who was making what dish that day. And then we would have our tickets ready of which athletes wanted which items. And we would look at their meal plan and say, okay, you have two starch exchanges. I'm going to adjust the pasta in this dish that you want by this much. Um, that's oh, wow. That's pretty specific. It was really, really cool. Um I mean, it's hard to do on other scales. It's definitely doable, but that type of model I thought was a great idea. That's really interesting. That's a great experience that you had that. I had no idea that even existed. (laughs) (laughs) And then you got to do, you got to, like you said, you got to do your culinary, you got to, you know, do some cooking and you got to be in the kitchen. And that's kind of exciting. Yeah, it was cool. I'm like, it's just like, I love, I love challenges and I love doing new things. Um, and I always want to like challenge myself the most that I can. So I feel like working in the kind of like elite high level of athletics, um, is just exciting. So that was so cool to kind of be able to be there and support them in a small way, giving them some food to help them train for the draft. Yeah. That, and, it, and to see probably 
the results of your efforts too, because you could probably see performance wise, or at least their coaches and maybe the dietitian could see that they were improving based on their nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what happened after you graduated, you got your master's, you became a dietitian. What was the next step for you? Yeah, so um, I worked at a restaurant as a server right after I graduated. And um, that helped me save some money. But then at the end of that summer, I was diagnosed with skin cancer. Um, and that really sucked, obviously. Oh my gosh. Tell, okay, so but did you have melanoma? Yeah, it was stage three melanoma. Oh my gosh, Stephanie. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Scary. Where was it? It was on my lower back and it kind of looks like it just looked like a mole. And because it was on my lower back, like it wasn't something that I was seeing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd had it for probably over a year. And then I was like, I don't know about this. Like, and I had never been to a dermatologist. So I was like, okay, I should really go. And I did. And this melanoma. And I ended up having two surgeries um, to remove it all. Um, And in that time, I really couldn't do anything. And I just wanted to like get out and travel and just like do something. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I had just graduated and I had just like worked you know, in school my whole life and studying. And I was like, I need to go just enjoy. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So while I was recovering, it was a couple months recovery, but while I was recovering, I found this program called GeoVisions where you can travel and kind of like choose an internship type of thing. So I thought that'd be a cool way to travel because I, I, I didn't get to study abroad when I was in school. So I wanted to travel and then do something with my degree, with my knowledge I had gained. So I found this program and I told them I was interested in sports nutrition. And they were able to set me up as a dietitian in this little gym in Malta. Do you know what that is? Oh my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know, it's this tiny island nation south of Sicily between Italy and Africa. Um. And just an incredible cultural space. Um, It's pretty heavily influenced by Italian culture. But their language is Maltese. And the base of that is Arabic. And they just... It's so crazy. Um, So I went there in November. I think it was the end of November of that year. And I was there until the end of February. And I was able to... like counsel some athletes in that gym and give some education. And it it was just like a really cool mix of kind of practicing what I had learned um, on a little more of a chill setting. (laughs) Yeah. And then also being able to just experience Malta and travel a little bit in that area. Um, So that was, that's really interesting. So it's called geo visions. Yeah. Geo visions. So I was like, I'm going to travel regardless. Like I can either pay my way, pay for my, you know, accommodations, figure it out on my own, or I could pay like the same amount to this company who's going to find me a really cool experience. So that's what I did. (laughs) 
I I think that now that's something I never did. You just like Google it and like find it on your own, or how did you hear about that program? Yeah, I just started googling things, <laughs> like travel. I travel experiences. Yeah, like travel internship or travel abroad or experiences. Yeah, I looked at so many programs, um, and that was kind of the only one that I could find that gave me because they they only had this type of internship program in a couple countries around the world. Um, and I knew I wanted to go to like either South America or the Mediterranean. And then, yeah, it was like anything I wanted it to be. So it worked out. That sounds so what kind of athletes were there in Malta? So the gym I was in was like a super small family run business. It was for the most part, like every day it was just the owner and myself. Like the only other employee was his son, <laughs> really? um, which is super Maltese. Like, it's weird if you have, I feel like it's weird if you have employees. <laughs> really? It's yeah. It's so old world in a way. It's unbelievable. Um, but anyway, so kind of the, like the most noteworthy athletes I would say that I worked with there was a group of soccer players from South America um, who were playing on some Maltese, from some Maltese professional teams there. Okay. Which you have a soccer connection. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. And I can speak Spanish. Like at that time, I was like, okay, now I'm a lot better. Um, but I love practicing. So it was really cool to practice with them too. I bet. So did you learn, did you learn the the native language then as well besides Spanish? Oh, no, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like a big undertaking. <laughs> no, Maltese is insane. So just for an example, like one of the few things I remember to say please in Maltese, it's yek yojbok. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and if, like, if that's how you say please, you, I think you can imagine what the rest of it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't have to really know Maltese to be able to intern or like do the experience. Correct. Um, and they, so Maltese and English are the two official languages there. Um, okay. And I would say most Maltese people spoke at least a little bit of English. Many of them were fluent. Um, but I did find some that didn't speak any, which was weird. <laughs> oh my God. What? that? Now that's just, a, this just proves that you are a very adventurous spirit because I mean, that's a huge move to do for a while. Yeah. Um, and it was also really cool because I was in this apartment and I had two roommates who were like engineer interns from Bulgaria and another roommate who was a student and she was from the Netherlands. And then I had another roommate who came midway through and it's so crazy because she was from New Jersey, like me. <laughs> really? <laughs> there you go. You had to travel the world to meet her. <laughs> yeah. Well, learning their cultures um, was great. I, I, I love learning about the people's cultures and where they come from. I think there's just so much to gain there. So that was so cool. Absolutely. I, I might have to do this. I never, I regret never studying abroad during college. That's one of my biggest regrets. So I could see why you would want to go do that. Yeah. I just felt like, I felt like I needed to, especially after being in school my whole life. It just felt like I needed to get out and just do something totally different. And that's a life experience that you'll never get anywhere else. So I think that's a great, another great attribute to you and your profession too, because it just sets you apart than maybe someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you're, are you all healed up from your skin cancer? Yeah. So I have to get a couple scans a couple times a year. Um, but so far, 
So good. I mean, I've had like a couple like iffy spots removed, but otherwise it's been, it's been fine, which is amazing. And I'm so grateful. And also like that whole experience, I think like before that happened, like I was definitely kind of person who was like, okay, I need to get this done. Like I don't have time to lose, but now I'm totally that person. Like (laughs) it's just crazy. It's kind of sad that it, takes an experience like that sometimes for us to learn like you just have to go for it and you never know when you're not going to have time to or when you know something happens and you can't even walk um like you just have to go for it because you you'll regret it if you don't and like i mean i I don't know like what else you can do with your time like work for what you want that's so true and that's such a good message because i feel like do you feel like a lot of people settle for jobs and just life sometimes when it comes to maybe dietetics or any profession that you've kind of been around? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's kind of sad. Like, I just don't, it's hard for me to relate to that, quite honestly. Because <laughs> you go find it. You're like, I'm going to, if I can't find it here, I, I feel like you go and find those experiences. Yeah. And I think it's out there for anybody. Like if you want something and you're not work, working for it, what is stopping you from working for it? Um, it just, like how, I just, I just feel like that's the most useful way to spend your life, you know, chasing your passion and trying to make the world better and learn and do stuff. And speaking of that, I recently um, listened to this audiobook or this, yeah, it's a book. It's called Mindset. I don't know if you've heard of it. I haven't. Mm-mm. It's by Carol Dweck and it's fabulous. For anybody who um, might not understand, like why they're maybe not getting anywhere, or what's stopping them, or what's in their way, um, and kind of just talking about like what I was now, like you just have to go for it, and it's really all about learning. Um, I think sometimes we get stuck and we're like, okay, I'm good at this, like I need to be perfect at this or whatever, but that's not going to get you where you want to be because you need to work hard. You need to understand you're always going to be learning. Um, So once we can really appreciate that, like you'll go so much farther and like enjoy it more too. Because you're right. You never know, like tomorrow could be gone. So you must, there's no time like the present. And I think as I feel like as dietitians that we do get comfy and we feel like we have to take a job because it's just safe or, you know, we just get so I don't know. Like, I feel like we get complacent with our profession sometimes. So I love your message of that. Yeah. I think there's always something more to work for and what better way to spend your time, you know, trying to be better. Absolutely. Oh, that makes me happy. I love hearing stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) So after your Malta experience, where did you head off to next? So I actually tried to stay there. <laughs> did you? Did you? <laughs> I did. I like found this like kind of crummy type job. Um, but I just really wanted to stay because like I didn't have any like jobs or anything in America. Um, and I loved Europe and it was three months is not enough time, obviously. So I tried mm-hmm. to stay, but the paperwork didn't work out. Oh, darn. So... <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. So when I was in undergrad, my parents moved to North Carolina from New Jersey. So after I came back to the States, I was with them for a couple of months. Um, and that's when I started looking for positions. Um, 
And actually, when I was in Malta, kind of near the end, I applied to the SNP program, which is run through Gatorade. And it's like an internship program for sports nutrition. And it's at a couple different locations, like professional teams and universities throughout the country. So I applied to that. And not long, a couple of weeks after I got back to the States, they were doing interviews for it. And I had several interviews lined up. Um, and in a big learning experience, at the time, I was actually still waiting back to hear about paperwork for Malta. Because there was still a chance that I would be able to go back. Even though like I didn't get the paperwork done when I was there, still a chance I'd be able to go back. So I was like really hanging on to that. Um, and I was doing these interviews and part of me just also didn't want to be an intern anymore. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, and like my heart just wasn't in it. And I think that the people who are interviewing me could really see that. I, I mean, I applied for the program because I like didn't know what else to do at that time. I was like, I'll apply. I don't know. But I ended up getting way more things or way more interviews than I thought I was going to. I was like, ooh. <laughs> um, so I ended up not matching to any of them, which was like pretty disappointing in a way, but also kind of like a good wake up call in a way too. Like, I don't know. So I was looking for jobs and applying to a bunch of college sport nutrition things, positions. When I saw one for the Olympic committee um, as a dietitian working kind of like in the food service area there. And I didn't even think honestly to apply because I didn't think I would get it because I'm like the Olympics, like, Oh no, like how am I qualified for that? But the dietitian, I actually interviewed with the dietitian um, for that SNP internship program. Her name is Jen Gibson. And she was, she was awesome, like so cool. And it's funny because the intern who got that was one of, um, it was like the next round of interns at Ohio State. Like I, this guy, he got that position, which was so cool. I was so happy for him. Um, but she used to work at the USOC, the Olympic Committee as a dietitian and she like texted me like, Hey, I saw this position came up and I feel like you'd be really good fit. If you're interested, I can put in a good word for you. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) That's amazing. Sure. (laughs) So she did. And I applied and, um, I, it's funny because like, I didn't hear back for them from them for weeks. And I had this trip planned to Cuba with my boyfriend at the time. Um, and in the car on the way to the airport, um, I get like this, uh, this email from someone at the USOC and they're like, Hey, we're interested. Like, just wondering if we could set up a interview with you, like a phone interview. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> You're like, yay. <laughs> no way. Like I, I thought it was totally gone because it had been weeks. And I was like, sure. Absolutely. But like, I'm leaving for Cuba tomorrow. I'll be gone for two weeks. So I ended up having, I was like in the mall that night with my sister. I had this phone interview um, with my future boss in the mall. And I was like, so embarrassed. <laughs> Did you tell him that you're in the mall? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, we had the interview because it was the only time because she knew I was going yeah. to be and I'd be like totally off the grid for two weeks. Um, so yeah. well, it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> so then when I came back from Cuba, 
um, they had another phone conversation or another like video call with me and they wanted to fly me out to meet me in person. So that was super cool. My first time being in Colorado and also I think being from New Jersey and then seeing the mountains, it's like, what? This is incredible. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then they offered me the job and then I moved out a couple of weeks later. That is. So how long have you been working there? I have been here for a little bit over a year. I started at the end of July in 2017. So a little bit over a year. And you said your kind of your main responsibilities are more of the food service aspect again? Yes. So I am the dietitian in the dining, dining facility at the Olympic Training Center here in Colorado Springs. Um, and I'm the only dietitian that's like hired by the USOC that doesn't necessarily work like individually with teens and athletes and travel with them and like do other nutrition plans and pack up their snacks and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, from what I do usually is stuff like menu writing, recipe writing, working with our chefs on a bajillion things to always make sure we're on track and making things better. Um, I'll do recipe testing sessions and cooking um, classes for the staff or helping other dietitians put them on. Um, I got to go to Korea for the Olympics, which was super cool. Um, And over there, I was managing one of our food service operations for the athletes in the mountains. This is kind of like a safe haven, um, safe food, familiar food, little America type thing for them. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it was so cold. (laughs) So cold. Was it so cold? (laughs) I've never been colder in my life. Did you have appropriate stuff to wear when you were over there? <laughs> yes. Thankfully, they provided us with jackets as part of our um, package to go there. Oh, good. And I, I think I only took that jacket off when I was going to bed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like I'm so cold. I might even leave it on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, quite the experience for your first year of employment. Yes, I agree. Um, I had just started and... My manager was talking about like Korea and whatever, because they had been planning, you know, setting up these operations and everything for like a year or two beforehand. And she's talking about it all the time. And I'm like, so am I like, should I be planning to go there? She's like, oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm like, okay, all right. (laughs) Well, that's like right up your alley with new experiences and traveling and being part of a different culture. And exactly. Yeah. So that's why like, Working, that's like one of the really cool things about working for the USSC. Like it's a like it's the United States Olympic Committee, but by nature it's just so international. Um and I would really love to travel more with them and help our athletes and everything. I hope that'd be well, I think you're in the right place because there's probably lots of potential with that. And I think it's really interesting how your culinary experience just kind of keeps coming back as a main theme for a lot of your jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's kind of funny because in in like one, one regard, I'm like, it's kind of annoying because (laughs) when you go to, first of all, like, as I said, there's not that many schools and or students, people that come out of culinary nutrition programs or have that like dual background. So when you do have it, people jump on it because that's in pretty high demand, like chef RDs. That's mm-hmm. like, that's a pretty cool double skill set to have. So it's a little bit hard to escape that if you're trying to escape it. 
because that's what people kind of see you doing. Um, but it's such an incredible skill set to have, and you can be so versatile, like preparing the food and planning and doing all the kind of stuff that an athlete needs, like on in all aspects of performance nutrition. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of it does make perfect sense for this position where I am now, having that culinary background, and like there, there'd be no way that I could write all the recipes I write and work with the chefs like I do because I understand where they're coming from. And like, I understand the food and the food service part. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think it's interesting because I probably, when I started kind of following you, I mean, your food that you do, you have such a realistic take on your own personal view on social media. When you like show people how to cut, you know, a vegetable or just, you know, I like your perspective of, there's still even dietitians that need some of that basic information. And I love how you share that with the public and with other dietitians and probably with your co like your athletes and your coworkers even too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that you find it useful. (laughs) I do. I do. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, is this like too remedial or, but usually those things like I'll do that either because it's what I have in my fridge Or because like I did a cooking class and somebody literally didn't know the difference between a zucchini and a cucumber. I was like, okay, like a little tutorial might be helpful on this. Mm -hmm. And I think if people have questions like that or they don't know the difference, then you know if there's one person, there's like 50 other people that don't know either. Exactly. And some of those things, it's like because I've been doing it for a while, like I don't even think to explain that. But then those experiences like, oh, wow, this is like useful information for people out there. Absolutely. And for the people like me who do not cook very much, I always like to learn something new, whether it's cutting a vegetable in a different way or easier way, like all of that stuff, I think is very useful. Yeah. And I kind of like to come at it with the approach of like, I don't think there's any one way to make any one food and, you know, kind of understanding food in a, in that way, like you can do whatever you want to it and being in charge and having your like creativity going on, I think is super important and just like nourishing for you in the kitchen in a way. Absolutely. Do you find that you get a lot of those freedoms to kind of create recipes based on guidelines and things like that, that you're doing at work? Or do you, do you have to meet certain guidelines there and then you're more creative on the outside? Yes, both. <laughs> both, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so when I am making recipes and writing menus for our dining facility, um, making sure it's performance-focused is absolutely right up there, right next to it has to taste good. Um, and then look good, of course. So I try to make it also pretty like simple and straightforward. It, it's hard, though, because... The athletes that we have co- that we have come through there are like the whole range. Like we could have like fourteen year old swimming camp, or we could have like gold medal gymnasts, or whatever the case is. <laughs> They're and, all different. Yeah, and like the swimming kids will eat like ten pounds of pasta and ice cream, and that's it. And then <laughs> some other athletes will like you know just have a salad with the protein or whatever the case. So really have to create like a whole range of recipes that. Um, you know, meets a whole bunch of different dietary needs as well as dietary preferences and likes and dislikes. And if it's spicy or if it's foreign or whatever the case, but like, I'm really trying to expand 
their palates, literally, <laughs> um, to help them learn that there's so many new flavors out there and, you know, so much different stuff that you didn't think of because for a lot of these athletes, like it one, it will come to an end one day. Like your career is going to kind of end. So you have to be a real human that's going to make food for yourself. So I would love to expose them to all these different ways that you can make food. And, you know, I like, Oh, I didn't think about like, you could eat a carrot like this. So having them gain some little experience with that is pretty cool for a life skill. That's a great thing. And you get that interaction with them when you're there. Yeah. I spend probably too much time in my office writing recipes, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I definitely try to get out whenever I can. Um, Just see how everything's going in the dining hall make sure the food's looking good. I do educational things about once a month in the dining facility. So last month, what did I do? Oh, it was like, it was on antioxidants. So I had this little educational sheet on antioxidants and why they're important for, for performance and what they are. And then I made, of course, because what I've learned so far is that you need to have less words, more pictures, and something to taste test. <laughs> That's it. Sounds about perfect. If you don't have those things, they're not coming over. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to come talk to you. <laughs> so um, I made this like it's kind of like a yogurt dip with cocoa powder and almond butter, and then we had these really cool. They're called Moondrop grapes. Do you know about them? Yes, they're amazing. Yeah. So it's funny because I actually had planned to use cherries, but I guess cherry season had ended like the day before, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, so there was only these Moondrop grapes as like kind of the alternative. And I was like, I don't know. Okay, I'll go with this one. But it turned out to be like, of course, like the most interesting part of the entire presentation. Because everyone was like, what is that? Because <laughs> mm-hmm, they look so different. Yes. Yes. Um, so anyway, I try to get with the athletes doing that type of stuff. Just educating them and having them try new things and seeing how nutrition can be interesting and fun and How many athletes do you kind of get in and out of your dining area in a day? So it'll depend. Um, We have, I think currently, I think we have less than like a hundred resident athletes, which are athletes that are sponsored by their national governing bodies of sport to stay on our campus and train and everything. Um, So those guys can stay there for months to years. And then we have camps that come through to use the facilities. And sure. in the summertime, it really spikes. So we could be serving like 500 people or so per meal. Oh, wow. That's um, a lot. Yeah. To times when we don't have a lot of camps, it's pretty much just like the resident athletes and then some staff that will eat there. So we do like maybe 200 people. It's like a small little college campus dining facility. Yes. Yeah, it really is. Um, and different us, like different parts of what we do, we definitely like kind of look to what other colleges or yeah, college campuses are doing because it's like that in a lot of ways. I think it's interesting how you get to kind of get a feel for what your residents are, who, what their needs are and educate them about new things. I think that's such a great opportunity that you get to have those touch points with them. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's fun. I like the challenge of trying to figure out how I can fit in the education with the fun you know, taste testing, learning something new about a different food thing. So, And they probably loved you at the Olympics because you probably did have food that was familiar. And they were probably like, yes, 
Oh my goodness. I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in Korea, um, South Korea, we, I just say Korea, but South Korea, but, <laughs> South um, Korea. when you go and you get food, like you go order food somewhere for the most part, it's going to be something like a giant bowl of noodles or rice with a little bit of protein and then maybe some like pickled vegetables. So it's like a ton of carbs and not a lot of fresh stuff and not a lot of like plain lean protein, which many elite athletes, um, that's like a huge staple on their diet, like chicken breast. So in Korea, like I said, that's pretty hard to find what they're looking for, which is like a more well-rounded plate with like fresh vegetables and maybe some rice or pasta and some lean protein. So to be able to provide them with like the familiar American foods is awesome. But it's funny because they like were so excited. They would freak out when they would come in and we had Mexican on the menu. That's <laughs> <laughs> like tacos. Yes. <laughs> Literally. Oh my God. They were psyched. That was by far their favorite stuff. <laughs> well, that's good to know that even athletes, Olympians like to eat tacos. <laughs> yes. And it's, I feel like tacos, there is such an American thing now, like so many restaurants you go to, regardless of whatever type of restaurant it is, like, you can find tacos of some sort on the You can. Some kind of there's always a taco of some type. I swear I'm I totally am with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just tell me a little bit too. I know that you're very busy, obviously, with your job, but I know you do your, you know, your Instagram account on the side. You have a website. What is kind of that purpose for you and and why do you do that on top of all the other things that you're doing? <laughs> Um, so I started that when it was kind of ridiculous time for me to start that, but I started that, um, in kind of the final half of my second year of my dietetic internship master's program when oh I was gosh. going to finish my thesis and graduate. And I was like, let me start a food blog. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course. Right. It's just natural time. So... <laughs> I have, there's a couple of food blogs, namely like David Leibovitz and Smitten Kitchen and Molly Ye. Oh my God. Molly, do you know Molly Ye? No. Her website Tell is, me. my name is Ye, uh, Y-E-H. And she has a new show on Food Network called Girl Meets Farm. She, I think she's, yeah, she's from Chicago, but now she lives on like a sugar beet farm with her husband in North or South Dakota. Like it's some crazy story, but I just love her food photography and all of her stuff. And I actually met her in Korea. It was so really, it was so random. I was like all these famous athletes around and I see Molly Ye and I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) You seem to travel to other countries and meet people that you should be meeting in the United States. (laughs) Right. Seriously. Um, Anyway, so I had been following all these blogs for years and I was like, you know, I can do this. So I did. And it kind of just started like as a creative outlet for myself. And I wanted it to be like performance food and cooking and information because I haven't really seen a lot of websites out there doing that. Um, And I feel like with my experience, like, it's kind of a good person to maybe put one together. Um, and I wasn't cooking in kitchens anymore. So I wasn't making food for people. And I kind of missed being able to share my ideas and my food with people. So it was just a really good outlet for that. And it's been hard to maintain at least the like recipe writing part recently, at least because I bought a house out here and I've been doing some renovations and 
Um, mm. Colorado is amazing and I'm busy at work. <laughs> yeah. You're wanting, you're wanting to live your life. So it's kind of hard to, to, well, you're, and you're writing recipes at work. So coming home to write them is probably kind of daunting sometimes. Exactly. So what I end up doing for what I'm putting on my website are things that like ideas that I think are still like performance nutrition kind of based, but maybe wouldn't work on our operation. Otherwise, all those other ideas are happening in the operation. <laughs> um, oh, that's exciting. Because you have some very creative recipes. Yeah, I like to be creative. And like I said before, like I don't think there's any one way to eat any one food. Um, I, I love understanding food more from like, like breaking the food down to what does it provide? Like a tomato, for example. For, like People are like, oh, tomatoes are in salads and tomato sauce. Well, tomatoes are also like sweet and acidic and they have a certain texture that enhances these different items and dishes. And like what, what food could use some acidity and some sweetness? Like maybe use a tomato there. Um, so I try to like create recipes and build things around those type of ideas. I need to follow you around in the kitchen (laughs) and things because I would never think of that. (laughs) That's the aspect that I think is so cool about culinary nutrition is like you get food so much better than just the dietitian who hasn't gone through that experience. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just experience too. Like, yeah, it's just getting yourself in there. And like, I mean, the work can be kind of overwhelming or daunting if you're looking at it, like the, the like the hard labor in a kitchen, but um, I mean, that hard work gets you pretty far. So you do you kind of see yourself settling? I mean, it sounds like you got a house in Colorado. So you're like happy where you're at. Do you kind of see anything changing in your future? Are you just going to kind of keep growing and working with the Olympic Committee and making amazing food? (laughs) Yeah. So currently, I mean, I've only been in my job for a little over a year. And this is actually the first time they've really had like an employed dietitian doing this. So... I think there's, I I love the position, but I think there's also some room for it to grow. And um, I am happy to grow with it and encourage it to grow um, and just make our operation better. And working for Team USA is so cool. (laughs) I bet it is. Before I did that, I used to think, oh my God, like Team USA. I just thought it was the coolest thing. I love like, I love teamwork and being part of the team growing up playing team sports. Um, and just representing your country, being able to, you know, do it on that level is the coolest thing to inspire a nation. So to be part of the team behind the team, um, is so cool. And there's a ton of different opportunities and positions like all around sport and different, um, sports like USA cycling, all those USA type of, um, they're called NGBs, national governing bodies. So I don't know where I'll go. Um, currently I love Colorado. It is so amazing and beautiful. Um, and I like what I'm doing and yeah, my current is kind of grow, grow with, within where I am right now. So uh, remind me what your official title is. Are you the head of dining services? Is that kind of your title? I am not. My title is literally registered dietitian. <laughs> oh, well, that's perfect. Because then it can just, you can go anywhere with that then. That's amazing. Right? Yeah. It's kind of, it's, yeah. It's um, registered dietitian, food and nutrition services. Perfect. That is perfect. Because that just means you can, you can go to Korea, you can go to South Korea, you can go anywhere you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I agree with you. Colorado Springs is probably like my one of my favorite cities in the United States. I love that city. So yeah, I can understand why you don't want to leave. <laughs> yes. It's so like it's so close to so many different mountains and you can also go south and be in the desert in a couple hours. And yeah, it's just and especially the springs because we're right near Pikes Peak. It's just gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I totally agree with you. Well, and I think it's just so exciting that you have kind of kind of gotten to this position and you have such a great background that has gotten you there. And I think that just is a testament to just your adventurous spirit and how you just say yes. And I think that's so important. Yes. And I would highly encourage other people to do that too. You just gotta go that. Like it's scary, but if you don't like you're you're just never gonna get to where you wanna go one gonna want to go i'm gonna i'm gonna check out that book that you mentioned too the mindset for sure yeah it's because i think it is a lot like that's a it's good to you might have to change your mindset a little bit to get where you want to be yes and especially for i think a lot of dietitians um just how we naturally are (laughs) Um, yes it it can be really useful and maybe not like a super awesome wake-up call but a worth it wake up call for some people. Well, and thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your story. So far, I know there's a lot of awesomeness ahead for you. So I appreciate you sharing those, all those experiences. Of course. Yeah. I hope everyone isn't sick of my voice. But, you know. No, no. And I, of course, I always end my podcast with my fun questions for you since you. <laughs> Everyone says these are the hardest. I don't believe it. Maybe they are. (laughs) Will you share with me some of your favorite foods or a favorite food of yours? Oh, this is is, people ask me this. I'm like, I don't know. Um, I think it totally depends on like who is making it, where you're getting it, but even just like a really delicious local ripe mango Mm. is amazing like i was in australia and the like it just doesn't make sense how delicious the mangoes are (laughs) compared to what you get in the grocery store in the united states right it's just not the same unless it's like the alfonso mangoes oh i haven't had those are those really good oh they're fabulous you should probably get them in your store okay so Um, they're like little yellow and they have like a super creamy texture they're also called Atulfo or champagne mangoes. Um, okay. They're so good. Gotcha. Those are good. I have had the champagne ones. Okay. I didn't know they were also Alfonso. Good to know, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite beverage? Coffee, espresso, iced espresso, half and half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, you do have a favorite beverage. <laughs> oh, God. I run on coffee. Do you have an espresso machine at your house? Yes, I do. <laughs> I figured. I figured you were one of those that have those. <laughs> oh, it's fabulous. I would highly recommend it to anybody who loves espresso. You will save so much money from going to the coffee store. It's so true. My cousin has one. And every time I go out there, I'm like, I just want an espresso. Can you just make me an espresso? And she's like, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm in a very nice coffee shop in like Paris. Or something. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I can't do the drip coffee after espresso. I bet. Oh, yeah. It's so different. So mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Do you what do you have a favorite color? Or what's a color that you enjoy? Um, probably turquoise. 
mostly because it reminds me of the ocean in New Jersey. I grew up by the ocean a lot. Um, so probably turquoise. Well, you're in a good, you're in a good city for turquoise. <laughs> yeah. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have a favorite scent or a smell? Um, Besides coffee? <laughs> Besides espresso? <laughs> I love lavender. I That's really love lavender. Smell. And then also like the smell of the forest in the summertime. Mm, I know. I know what you're saying there. I can yeah. smell it. Yeah. It depends on the forest. And down here, um, it's a little like deserty, but like the dirt and like the hot plants that sounds gross but like i don't know just smells like <laughs> outdoor warm adventures and it's awesome do you go hiking and stuff a lot yes i went on uh, like an overnight tubing trip this weekend and then i did a little hike afterwards and yes i try to spend all of my time outside that i'm not inside which is also makes it hard to work on my website especially in the summertime because all i want oh, to do sure. is <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. And you have a dog, so he, I'm sure your dog wants to get outside too. So yeah, she, I get home and she knows. She's like, "Where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> We're going on. Let's go yeah. it's outside." <laughs> and what brings you joy, Stephanie? Um, life in general. Honestly, I think you can find joy and choose to find joy in whatever you want, and you can find it anywhere. But I will say, especially dogs. You dogs bring you a lot of joy, huh? Dog dogs are they're like, they are love and happiness. They are just all the time. They never yeah. get sad or blue. They're always full of. They are. They're such a furry inspiration. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And again, I hope my listeners go follow Stephanie. Your handle on Instagram and your website is Cook Eat Compete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dot com is your website. So make sure uh, she just, I just saw a beautiful burrata and um, pepper recipe on there that I'm going to make. So yes, that looks amazing. So thank you so much for your time this evening. And I will be stalking you some more on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'm more than happy to kind of share these things and I hope help some people out there. Thank you. I absolutely love Stephanie's adventurous spirit and how she has created her own experiences, leading her to a job that she loves. She exemplifies exactly what we all should be doing when we think about our career and what we want to do and how do we go after it. There's no time like the present. Her website and Instagram accounts are one of the loveliest I have ever seen. So I do hope you follow along and get some inspiration from her culinary expertise. My website, AnnaElizabethRD.com, is where you can read the latest post in my Nutrition Nauseous blog that houses all the stories of my inspirational hell yeah happenings and adventures, food I'm noshing on, the music inspiring my life, and maybe a really delicious real deal recipe that I'm probably burning up in my kitchen. And at the end, I want to share with you all the things I'm loving right now. You can find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these inspiring humans. And if you're into reading, you can also purchase my book from the website, Let's Connect, on social media, where you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Anne Elizabeth RD. 
Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.